You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down in i mean we're in oklahoma city we're off i-240 we're by i mean what is the location right we're, we're by council the council in reno basically reno area, right by yes. the outlet mall we're at traditions leather craft um a lot of amazing i mean this place smells so good <laughs> i walked in i was like oh leather just the one of one of the greatest smells along with fresh cut grass and the smell of gas in the morning right <laughs> um and you know your your oklahoma's leading wholesale account right for leather right, i mean right when you We're walk in the warehouse in the state. yeah that's no surprise when you walk in here and you see the amount of you know stuff you've got going on here and and i love the fact that you do a lot of classes you know there's a workshop here there's there's a little store that you sell you know your wife's goods from your farm but also you know people from a, people who have taken your classes you know yes. you've got their 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 items and stuff for sale in, in the store at the, the, the location so for people listening i'll put the location and all the social media stuff in the description um but taking it back i mean we always you know start these podcasts leaving a bit of context for the listeners so you know, were you born and raised here in Oklahoma? I am. My wife and I are both from Western Oklahoma, a okay. little bitty town called Cheyenne, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so growing up out there was was kind of, you know, big family. Are you kind of hands on with you know with parents and, and and stuff like that? Very much so. Yeah, I come from a large family, and then we also helped take care of my grandmother and my wife's grandmother yeah, yeah. towards the end of their life. And we still have a little bit of family out there in Western Oklahoma, and we have a large family. We have 10 kids now so oh, wow yeah yeah what are the age ranges our oldest is almost 30 and our youngest is two wow that's i mean quite a range that's a range yeah, yeah. we've been blessed we've adopted the last six kids we had four naturally and then yeah. we've adopted six so i always i i kind of have a friend that that's adopted kids and i it always amazes me the choice to adopt kids right i mean adopting one is more common right than than just adopting six right but what led you to to adopt kids it's just a beautiful picture of how god adopts us into his family you know we're we have we've been blessed and we have the opportunity to bless the less fortunate Mm -hmm. kids especially the first four that we adopted they came from a very broken home we did not know the family until prior to fostering them and then adopting them the two we're adopting right now came from a kinship adoption so kind of know that side of our family not extremely well mm-hmm. but um, yeah it's just a blessing and yeah. actually my wife and I are the ones that are blessed the most right oh that's awesome I love to hear that that's, I married uh, a saint I just have to say <laughs> she's homeschooled all 10 of them yeah God's powerful yeah that's awesome uh, yeah and I guess I mean wake up every day and every day is different and you know you, like, you're in a position where and I say this a lot I think people probably get bored of me saying this but when you you understand what it's like to give 
and it's kind of a selfish feeling because you know how feel how good you feel when you yeah. give something. Oh, absolutely. Right, like taking care of it. So it's just exactly what you said, right? You, you know, you feel blessed because you've been put yes. in this position. And, I wouldn't and people, trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people would think, wow, 10 kids, that's the last thing I'd want. Yeah, it must be a burden, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> yeah. My, um, my father-in-law is one of 10. So, I mean, I kind of hear his stories, you know, from them, but um, his poor mother had all 10. Oh, so wow. we were working out, like, how long she's been pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 babies. <laughs> like, that's a long period of time. Uh, that's awesome. So do the, do, do the, do the kids kind of share your passion for kind of working hands-on, like leather work or, or woodwork or whatever it is? We have a couple that are very artistic like that and some that are just totally the opposite. Yeah, so yeah. they're more like their mother, you know, more business oriented and focused mm -hmm. I've always been the crafty one and fly off you know let's do this oh let's try this yeah. oh I've never done this craft here let's do this yeah. and you know some of the kids are a little more crafty than others right so so growing up out in out in Cheyenne and Western Oklahoma were you you know I, I assume you were brought up you were you were you know hands-on with a lot of things just because you know that, that breeds working on the farms today, working on the farms mm -hmm. what was kind of like high school and then kind of later into you know early adulthood life yeah so I graduated in 1985 and moved to Oklahoma City on a scholarship to go to OSU OKC mm -hmm. and um, boy what a culture shock coming from western Oklahoma to Oklahoma City yeah yeah all alone not knowing a single soul yeah. um, so I failed miserably at college made it about a semester and a half but found out real quick that um you know, a scholarship to college doesn't pay rent or right. food or gas in the car. So went to work in fast food, got uh, pretty much burnt out on that. My wife graduated high school in that two years that I was here and she was still in school. And when she graduated, we got married. And yeah. then um, I answered a job to uh, answered an ad to take a job for a company called Tandy Leather Company back in 1988 or 89. And that's when I began my career in leatherworking. Yeah. So you met your wife long before you came to you? We went to high school together. Okay. Yeah. So you've been together a I've known time. her since she was 14, and we've yeah. been married over 30 years now. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's quite a feat, right? <laughs> it's not real common <laughs> anymore. Is, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so you get kind of, like I said, you get, you know, you try to go to college, you don't enjoy it. You know, you, you're probably used to being outside and hands-on and paper and all that nonsense and books is just something that just wasn't my thing not for you <laughs> uh but then obviously you get a job you know with fast food job uh and then so so when you when your wife graduates where like what's that first kind of you know like what are you tinkering with right where, where does it go from from just oh like i get introduced to it well i mean were you tinkering with leather with leather then no not so much i had been exposed to it in junior high school okay but um didn't do anything until i answered the ad in the paper yeah and it's a funny story about six months into my job there i'd come home and i'd just be excited about the day and i'd be telling her and she says there's something different about this. It's like you don't have a job. You really enjoy it. I said, yeah, I get to work with my hands. I get to teach people stuff. I get to learn from them. It's just like every day something new. Damn. And that's what I hope to relay to people when they come in here. I still enjoy that part yeah, of it. That's yeah, yeah. what drives me. Yeah, and there's some pride in, in you know, like making an, I mean, making a belt is is you know, probably for you now quite easy, but then the patterns that are going, you know, just cutting a belt and putting holes in it, putting a loop on it, like that's 
you know pretty normal now right, right but yeah. then that that craft of like you know the creativity it's 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 infinite isn't it you can do whatever you want it really is and to try not to take it for granted when someone comes in and I always try to find out what are you working on Mm -hmm. or what types of things do you enjoy building you never know if they may have been doing this for 50 years or it might be their first time so you try not to make it intimidating but on the other hand you know you want to help and train them and nurture them along as much as possible yeah and i always tell people too it's not about selling you a bunch of stuff you don't need it's about seeing you succeed and wanting you to do more right yeah and that's the great part about being on the teaching side and the wholesale side it's like like we're not you know like you just said we're not trying to sell you stuff you don't need like this is going to be fun for you and you remember how you were when you started and you probably had someone as well that was like no like this let's navigate this and show you how it's done right you know whether they were you know great or they were terrible at it like they showed you you know my mentor that he actually hired me on as a trainee he's still a very dear friend of mine Mm -hmm. in his um, mid-70s living down in texas and we text and call and email on a very regular basis still it's i guess now it's kind of like a dying skill sadly Yeah, you know, crafts in general, kind of, they're cyclical. The leather craft back in the 80s was very, very popular. It kind of died down a little in the 90s and in the 2000s. But when the pandemic hit and so many people were sitting at home, they were looking for things to do. You know, we want activities. And a lot of folks wanted activities that they could resell. Everybody owns a purse or a belt or a wallet. So people gravitated back towards leather work. Mm-hmm. And I even know other uh, business owners out out of the state that have leather businesses, and they said that when the pandemic hit and they were able to reopen their store, that they couldn't hardly keep up. Yeah, because so many people were at home wanting to learn the craft. That's mm-hmm. when YouTube exploded with how-to videos. Yeah, and um, so we're still seeing that trend continue, even though most people have gone back to work. A lot of people enjoy the craft. So. Yeah, is it? I guess then it's not so much a dying breed like i said it goes up and down with with kind of like the the hobby side of it but what about like the commercial side of it with you know i mean you you mentioned previously before we started talking about traveling the country on shows and saddles and there's so much like you know commercial leather work out there right is that stuff kind of slowing down not not from my standpoint because I primarily started out as a manufacturer for archers and traditional archers in particular which is a very small niche of archery or outdoors and hunting so when I would travel around the country and sell my locally made stuff people just ate it up Mm -hmm. and we started a website and it went over really well with all our finished goods and then we had some large wholesale accounts pick up our goods and sell Mm -hmm. it through their catalog and they still do so that part of it still very very strong now as far as finished goods go yeah we see that here you know prior to christmas being located by the outlet mall we sold tons and tons of purses and belts and wallets and finished goods and this time of year it slows down a little but valentine's day's coming and holidays so yeah but our classes you know we just get inundated with people wanting to know what's your next class can i get on your list for classes so we continue to teach them you know they say if you build it they will come I mean, you guys are in a great location down here, especially for traffic and, like I said, holiday traffic. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to do is put a sign out there and say, hey, we got Oklahoma leather goods here. Come right. on down. Right. You know, and then someone's going to pull in, obviously. And, and 
you know the classroom it's not a massive classroom I'm sure you've got plans to expand it I yes. mean this is a huge we, warehouse we actually have moved it out into the warehouse before yeah. when we had more students than we had space for yeah. but one of the things we're going to be doing soon is adding video and Facebook live feeds so okay. people can take classes that can't actually be here in person right it's a great problem to have isn't it, it? it is yeah <laughs> yeah and that's something really cool that you probably you know growing up I, I, I wonder if, if you kind of thought that you know one day I will have my own space like was that you know when you started working you know uh, when you got hired on at, at, the, at the previous place that, that taught you everything you know you know was this a dream to have your own place or was it just kind of a dream to just sell your own goods and have a store when I got hired on I was a manager trainee making minimum wage and my first dream was to be, get my own store which I did yeah. and then it was to move up in the company which my wife and I were in six different states in a five year period wow. every one of them being a step up so then I wanted to be a regional manager and I was promoted to a regional manager in California where I was over stores from uh, San Diego all the way up the west coast of Seattle yeah. traveling I was spending 23 nights a month in a hotel so after one year and one child I decided I'd rather be a store manager that wasn't so bad so once we came back to Oklahoma and I was running a Tandy store on the south side of Oklahoma City back in 2001 to 2000. 11 I'll say I always dreamt of having a store like this we were always in a small 2,000 square foot retail space right. with tables with leather laid out we would have to clean tables off to do classes we didn't do any manufacturing we only sold supplies yeah. I always knew that this was the kind of place that I really thought Oklahoma needed mm -hmm. because you can go buy leather at other places but you're going to pay full retail yeah. you can go learn how to do classes online but doing it in person it's just different mm -hmm. you know you can order stuff off Amazon but it's not the same as coming in saying how do you use this tool yeah. tell me about these scissors versus these scissors yeah. you can actually have that interaction and we actually build up some very long lasting relationships with customers I mean some of them we have a very strong leather craft guild if I can mention that yeah, the yeah, Oklahoma yeah. leather crafters Chisholm the Oklahoma Chisholm Trail leather crafters guild I met most of the folks in that 20 years ago yeah. when I was running my first store they're my core customers mm -hmm. but when we moved from Yukon to here those people came to me and said what can we do to help we have pickups you know what days oh, do we awesome. need to take off can we help you build shelves what yeah. do you need you know and they're still involved in helping us build the website and do things and teach classes when I'm not available because yeah. you know I'm just one man <laughs> right uh, running a store yeah that's that's really <clears throat> cool so from early on then you know it was always wholesale then yeah right early on that was always kind of like that we see this this is the vision Oklahoma needs this that's my vision that's right. the vision rather than just having hey here's a store and we'll just sell right to you. right and how that came about I was manufacturing in Yukon traveling around the country and I had 1200 square feet and I had a few of these racks set up piled up with leather that I would cut and manufacture stuff. Yeah. Well, a few of these old customers started finding me on Facebook or Instagram, and they'd come to my store and they'd say, well, I love this, but I can't find this anywhere else. Can you sell me a piece of it? And I'm like, yeah. sure, you know, just, you know, pay yeah. me a little bit for it. And they just kept coming back and kept coming back and kept telling another person and kept telling somebody, and then it just started snowballing. Yeah, yeah. And finally, one day I told my wife, I said, we need a bigger store. And she says, well, 
get out there and find one. Yeah. You know, and we were blessed to find Jerry with ABS Wood Products up front. He had this 8,000 square foot here. Yeah. And at first he wasn't real excited about having a retail store because this is a manufacturing is right. what it's zoned for. Yeah. Manufacturing retail. But, um, you know, we explained we're a wholesale outlet. We take care of a handful of customers a day. Yeah. A lot of our goods are shipped out of here, plus we produce goods and ship them. Mm-hmm. And so it all worked out great. We're yeah, glad to be I here mean, right by the outlet mall. That's a great location. Yeah. Right? Like if you were to pick a space oh, with gets couldn't be great better. traffic. It couldn't like, be better. And it it's a mile be away from my former employee down yeah. the road. So That's awesome. So from that then, like I said, you, you, you get your, you know, you got people coming in saying, hey, we you know this is a need. Light bulb goes off. Wife says, let's do it. You find this space, you know, and then, you know, you've got 8,000 square foot to fill and, and you can, you know, it's like you take the training wheels off now, right? Like you've got this space. Absolutely. Let's go to town, basically. Time to fill it up. Yeah. 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 Well, and... You know, oddly enough, if if there hadn't have been a pandemic, I'd probably still be traveling the country selling my stuff. But mm-hmm. all our shows got shut down in yeah. March of 2020, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. So all of a sudden, I was a non-essential employee. Mm-hmm. There was no shows going on around the country. They were discouraging, yeah. you know, out-of-state travel. What are we going to do? Well, maybe we should open a store when we're able to reopen right. and we'll start small in our space in Yukon and we did and the word got out and you know, here we are now yeah. largest in the state we feel really blessed by, yeah, by that yeah, yeah. So, so obviously a lot of the stuff's wholesale and, and if people ever come here they'll see you know racks and racks of, of really cool leather from all over the world pretty much um, as far as like the you know you mentioned making and traveling you know to shows and stuff with you what were the goods that you were making I would do mostly uh, quivers arm guards and stuff for archery okay. I did a, uh, I still do a line of belts yeah. and things like that I like to describe it as uh, products that mostly men use sure. not not exclusively but stuff you'd use outdoors stuff mm-hmm. that you you can't buy in the store if, if you go to the store and buy uh, a leather belt chances are it's going to have cardboard in the middle of it and it's going to tear apart within a year of wearing yeah. it the belts I make, I tell people, if you ever even break a stitch on it or if the leather ever cracks, you bring it back and I'll give you a new one. Yeah. You can't wear them out because it's made the way it's supposed to. And that's why I started calling my business Traditions Leather Craft. I wanted to build items that people would feel like they could pass down to their son or daughter yeah, someday. Yeah. and Kind of like a tradition. Right. And that's right. Like I mean, there's old wallets and there's all these other, you know, belts, classic example, right? I mean, all these items that, you know, someone's granddad is worn you know or whatever like it, these really cool things yeah you know it yeah. might be the like the the case they carry the gun in like whatever it is right yeah if you watch any of yeah. the old robin hood movies or mm. any of the old films with howard hill or fred bear you'll see they have these really i i call them romantic back quivers and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't find that stuff nowadays you can learn to make it or you can find someone like me that produces it yeah and so that's kind of how I got into the leather manufacturing. Right. And now I want to teach people how to do that so we can continue the heritage of leather work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what our, our guild's about, too, is, is, is teaching people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people, I mean, I, I, probably the younger generation, there might be a handful of people who want to get into it because someone in their family, they've seen yeah. someone do it, right? Right. But it's probably not something that out of the blue, they think, oh, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to learn how to make, you know, leather stuff, right? right. I'm going to try and, try and produce something. And 
thankfully now you guys have that facility in a class to, to yeah. bring that forward. So well, one of the things I'm not real hip on or know a lot about is TikTok mm-hmm. and and reels and, and things like that. But we'll get a lot of people come in saying, I saw somebody make one of these and I've been following them for years. I think I can do that too. Can yeah. you teach us? And we're like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a special thing, and it's something that, you know, if you give a gift to somebody, you know, like I said, if it's a wallet, right, or if it's an iPad case that you've got, you guys have it there, or a notebook case, you know, or like a notepad, whatever, a diary, anything like that that has a really cool leather case to it, and someone has made that, there's such a sentimental feeling to that. Absolutely. You know? Right. And that's special. Right. It is special. when you. It's not only special to give or receive a handmade gift, but to actually spend time constructing and building it. I have a gentleman that just, he was here earlier today. He made a couple of couple of wallets, one, uh, clutch purses, one for his wife. Well, he made a second one thinking, well, I'll make one for my wife and I'll sell one. He's posted some pictures of it and already sold the second one. He was just as excited yeah. about that as giving his wife one because he's like, somebody really like my work well enough they're willing to pay for this yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's a true form of artwork isn't it to see Uh, some of the designs out there and how they work it and yeah and that's just one of the things that drives me is seeing people like that succeed yeah Yeah. so i mean going back to the point of the wholesale tell me about i mean tell me about like the leather where it comes from all over the world like how it all works out i mean just just that whole kind of you know business business side of it that, yeah. that most people really don't know about. Yeah, well, I'll use our um, our hair on cowhide rugs, for instance. You noticed the mm-hmm. uh, cowhide rug wall when you came in. Those rugs, the best rugs, are produced in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, down around the equator, uh, cattle business, cattle industry is huge, yeah. and the hides are just extremely good quality. They don't have the same EPA regulations that we do in the U.S., so most of them are tanned in Brazil or South. America and we buy pallets by the pallet load from Brazil. They're shipped over on a cargo ship. Yeah. Have to go through customs and clearing, and then come into the states, and then we'll break the pallet open and wholesale them out to individuals that want home decor, people that are cutting them up, making crafts, or to even to some stores that resell them in their stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just one example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go on and on about different types. I mean, there's so many different kinds of leather. Yeah. Most people don't even realize that's part of our job is to educate when they come in. Right. I mean, we got time. You can talk about it as much as you want. <laughs> I'm really interested in this stuff. It's just, you know, I have to get you into a class yeah, sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So with, I mean, there's the, and there's obviously all different colors. And I mean, it's it's endless, isn't it? The there's, stuff that you can do with. Yes. With so leather. there's uh, cattle is the most popular kind of leather because mm-hmm. we consume beef, pig, pork is yeah. pigs skin is the next. Uh, but we also sell like deer skins that come from hunters and elk skins. Um, um bison american bison or buffalo shark skin you can get leather from just about every animal out there do do you kind of sell wholesale stuff to boot makers as well we do and boot and chap makers are are a big Uh uh, make up a big demographic of leather workers for sure yeah there's the um 
Raymond Dorwart, the guy in Guthrie, who I had on he's the He's been in a few times. Super yeah, nice guy. Super I don't nice. know if you've met Raymond. Oh, yeah. I had him on the podcast. He's great. Yeah, great yeah, guy. Yeah. He came in one day, and I hadn't met him face-to-face, but when he introduced himself, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know a nephew of yours. He's come yeah. into the store. He's part of our guild, <laughs> and he's actually made a couple pair of boots with Raymond. Yeah, it, I mean, it, And then there's impressive. Lisa Sorrell up in Guthrie. Uh-huh. She's a very famous boot maker. Yeah, so just yeah, because they're on either sides of town, I think, which is really cool that they're both, you know, super famous right boots another person up in Guthrie's Bobby Kane he has the saddle shop up there okay um, super nice guy I mean, yeah 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 Oklahoma's full of interesting people like that yeah They're people you, for the most part you would never know Right, yeah, right. unless you were in the industry, you'd never have any idea. Right, well, and but if anyone special. listening wants to meet leather workers, the second Saturday of each month we host the Chisholm Trail Leathercraft Guild. Mm-hmm. That's the time to come up and meet people from all over the state yeah, that yeah, come yeah. in to get together and share ideas, and share. We'll do breakout sessions and training and things like that. So yeah. just, you know, we wanted to have kind of a melting pot of a place people could come together like-minded people and share in the craft and mm-hmm. teach each other and you know it's just it's it's wonderful to be a part of oh then no doubt and it's something that like you said you've been doing it for so long and it's really special to have your own place but i think the best part of it is the fact that you are teaching future generations to do this you know you're teaching people to whether it's if they only do it once you know, they're going to pretty much remember that skill. If they're going to make one product and if that's for their kid or whatever it is, like that's, that's really cool. I mean, teaching trades is, is something that I think people should do a lot more of. Yeah, I right? agree. Learning trades is what some people do a lot more of. Well, we even do things like homeschool classes for parents. We have a class coming in Thursday, which will have a dozen students ranging from eight years old up to 16. And then we most of our classes we do on the weekends on Saturdays, we'll have mostly adults in those classes. And then on Wednesday evenings, we're open until 7. So from 5 to 7, we just open up our classroom for somebody that... Mm-hmm. Maybe new to the craft, somebody that maybe is not, but needs a little kick in the pants. So they'll bring a project up just to sit around and work on it or get a little informal instruction. So at least twice a week we're doing something. And sometimes like this week we'll have four days of classes going on. That's, I mean, that's great. And then obviously, like like we just mentioned, you know, it, there's a need for it, right? And, and people are always saying, when's the next class? And right. that's, uh, you know, you're doing something right when there's demand. Yes. Yes. Well, we hope we are. So we're all about promoting other uh, Oklahoma families and leather crafters in particular. And we have in our showroom, you got to look around a little Mm -hmm. bit. We're 100% Oklahoma made. And most of the leather supplies that are finished goods in the front started out as rolls of leather in the back. And you had mentioned some of those people making stuff for our shop or actually took classes from me at some Uh point. So we're very proud to be 100% Oklahoma made and Mm -hmm. support other Oklahoma families. Yeah. Do you hope to get back on the road and go back to more shows when that is that kind of starting up again? I don't really look forward to that. <laughs> I just came back from Michigan two weeks ago. There's yeah. a, the largest trade show in the traditional archery industries. The 
last weekend in January in Michigan every year. Haven't had it for the last two years, so I was anxious to go to it. It was actually the last big show I went to prior, prior to the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just got back from that. It was a great show. Sales were wonderful. Got to see lots of old friends. But boy, I didn't miss yeah, that 15-hour <laughs> drive each direction yeah. and being away from my family freezing for a cold. week. Freezing yeah. cold. Yeah, so no, I probably won't get back on the road other than doing a few um, leather trade shows mm-hmm. and telling people about our the leathers that we sell, the machines that we sell, the classes that we yeah, do, yeah, yeah. and trying to teach some classes, maybe a few shows a year, two or three a year. Yeah. One, I guess, is the most common thing that, that, that you know, like, people come in and that you know like someone they, they're trying to learn and i mean what's kind of the most common thing that they want to gravitate towards and make for someone even if it's for themselves hmm. it's that's a good question i mean we teach classes on stuff as simple as making belts or making wallets we've done purses uh, handbags um, holsters and knife sheaths yeah. i'd say probably we teach two types of classes we teach technique where we teach you how to use the tools and say carve a flower or carve a horse or a scenery on a piece of leather that's a technique class and then we do construction classes where we'll take you from start to finish of building a project and you leave that day with a project so our project classes are always full i mean as soon as we post them at the end of each month for the next month they get filled up the technique classes we always have a good following there but i'd say the project classes are probably the most most popular yeah be it a belt or a holster or a purse yeah. yeah, and I, I think I, I've always seen, you know, just social media and you see think, people making things and I've seen, you know, people even making like the armrest in their truck. Yes. Right? There's a gentleman, um, uh, Dustin Loftus out in Weatherford, Oklahoma, the Dusty Hyde Company. He does the full consoles and the dash and the armrest. Absolutely beautiful work, yeah. and he's one of our customers that and supports that's our last store. Forever too. It's going to it, last longer than the truck is going to last. It anyway. is. It really is. <laughs> Regardless of the make of your truck, I know there's plenty of people that could get into that with uh, whether it's a Chevy or a Ford. <laughs> right, and we also have people like upholstery shops that will come in and get upholstery leather, mm-hmm. or they may send a customer down here to pick out their leather and take it back to the shop okay. where the upholstery shop. And we like to refer local upholstery shops yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and professionals like that because we don't do upholstery work we don't do saddle and tack work here yeah we do some repairs but we're primarily a manufacturer of leather goods right yeah yeah. but if anybody that's listening does have something they want to have made or repaired if they contact me i can usually get one of these other list of people that have stuff in our shop that can help them yeah and there's some amazing items in your shop and like it's really cool i have makers from all over the states so. yeah that's the great part about being in the position that you're in right is because you've built relationships working relationships with all of these amazing creators you know and they've all got their niche and they're all off doing different things around the state right you know and they all sent it to you we're kind of like the hub yeah for it's really really cool to see yeah yeah so i'm sure you see some amazing creations and people yeah yeah i get to see some amazing work and i'm just blown away when somebody brings something in and shows me i'm like that's so awesome you're gonna have to tell me how you did it (laughs) one guy was in today with a pair of working shaps that he made and i said i've been wanting to learn how to make this style of shaps he says well i know you do classes i'd come in and do a class with you guys sometime i said let's get it on the calendar let's make it happen because there's other people out there that want to learn that yeah and then i mean if you document it it's on the internet forever 
right? right. There's gonna be a class, and you can, you know, you got video and live and all the rest of it that people can see. And right, this doesn't have to be Oklahoma that they're learning from, right? They can watch that from all over. Right, the, it it has really expanded. We were doing a class one day. I had an instructor here, and. Um, a customer called me about a post she had seen on Instagram and said, I want to know more about these classes. And I'm talking to her while this other lady's teaching the class for me. She goes, I want you to call me back on Facebook Live, and I just want to see what you're doing in the class. So I did, and then I hung up with her. I said, I'm just going to do a Facebook Live real quick. And I did it, and I had so many people comment, like, yeah. why don't you put your classes online? Because we would love to learn how to do yeah. this. I'm like, wow. And I went home and told my wife, this is expanding beyond right. Oklahoma City and Oklahoma. There's no telling where yeah, who we could reach. And you're right. You make a day of it, don't you? You know, like you mentioned the projects. People, you make a full day of it. You come in. They start at whatever time in the morning, and you know, you bring food and they cater whatever it is. Like, you, and it could be a proper day out for yeah. for people. You know, that's that's one thing that's kind of interesting. It's like my parents are coming out kind of in May after my dad's birthday, and I mean, I'm sure he'd like. He's pretty hands-on, crafty kind of. Do they still you know. live in England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're back in the UK. Yeah, so so they're coming out, and my mum like she crochets and stuff like that. But my dad's more kind of hands-on, you know, like working tool stuff. Yeah. I think he'd really enjoy something like that, you know, or some take, taking home something he made, you know, yeah. like that's really special. Absolutely. If you had a chance, I would hope you'd bring him by. I will have to do because we'd make a point to make sure he made something while yeah. you were here. I'll have to. I'm going to put that on the list of things yeah. that he needs to do while he's here because I've got a long list of things. Absolutely. Uh, the other things that that they're in store. Tell me about the the lotions and the, and the, the soaps that you and your wife make on the farm. Yeah, so we have a dairy goat farm. We live in Mustang, and my wife makes healthy soaps and lotions with goat milk from our farm. She does not use water or alcohol in anything. She uses goat yeah. milk, and her whole thing about that is she wants to educate people on healthy products. And a little bit of a backstory there: in her twenties and thirties, and and early into her forties, she had really bad plaque psoriasis mm -hmm. tried the dermatologist tried shots and medicines and special soaps and soaps yeah, and shampoos yeah. nothing would help and then she's we got dairy goats and we had too much milk to drink so we figured out hey people make soap out of this we made soap she started using it and started noticing a difference so then she started dabbling in lotion and came up with her own recipe for lotion and when she stopped using any store-bought lotions and soaps and shampoos the psoriasis cleared up yeah. except in a couple of spots behind her ears and um she says there's something about this and then she yeah. started reading all about it online and getting testimonies from other people that had tried her products mm -hmm. set up a facebook page and we did a few small little craft shows and it went over really really well started the website and started selling stuff all over the country and now we do all the big shows yeah. we also have a showroom full with my wife's soaps and lotions here mm -hmm. but she's very passionate about educating people with skin conditions that yeah. there might be something else contributing to the inflammation and why you're itching and breaking out. If you try something healthy, even if it's not ours, yeah. try it because it probably make a difference and, yeah, and yeah. it has for so many people. Yeah. If I could just mention the farm name, it's yeah, Swinging it. K Family Farm on Facebook. Okay. It's swingingkfarm.com online yeah. or they can come in and sample the lotions and the soaps here in the store. Yeah, I'll put the link for that in the description for the oh, podcast. People great. can go straight to that and, and check it out. And you're right, there's, you know, it, because it, it came from a need, right? Right. You know, it's something that 
oh we'll try it and if it works it works and it's working so you know if it works you want to tell more people about it right it's not about making a huge profit at the end of the day or the end of a craft show it's Mm -hmm. about how many people have we helped how many people have we helped educate Mm -hmm. because we hear so many people she she's even been at the state fair for the last eight or nine years demonstrating how she makes goat milk in a building called the agtropolis building at the fair which is all about agribusiness and what people do on their farms so we get people all the time coming up my grandchild has eczema or my daughter or son and we just can't find anything we've heard your product may help and she'll talk them through this is why it helps Mm -hmm. and these are the oils that we use this is why we do this and it's helped so many people that it's very gratifying more so than making a profit at the end of the day for sure yeah because you're actually you know i mean you're really making an impact in someone's life right Right. absolutely so yeah uh anything that you want like what is there anything on there that we can you want to mention or we can I well, ask you about. I think we had already kind of touched on it. You know, we're the largest supplier of leather and leather goods in yeah. Oklahoma. Um, 100% Oklahoma made, located right by the Oklahoma City Outlet Mall. Um, we've got a ton of, of local makers, you know, people like uh, Dustin Clark, uh, 1019 Leather, Tony's Leather Shop. Um, and we're happy to pr- to support those people by selling their finished goods and then by also making wholesale yeah. leather goods available to them so so yeah have you ever had have you had trouble kind of like i mean people come in with any kind of wild sourcing ideas and i want this leather and i don't care how long it takes you to get it but i want it oh we do hear that matter yeah. of fact i just recently had someone come in that's uh, i don't i don't know the name of the company and i'm not sure i would want to mention it yet because they're still in the startup stages mm-hmm. but they're making high-end softball gloves for women out of leather and they're using some exotic leathers and they found some here and they're real anxious to try them it's like who would have thought right somebody's gonna buy a piece of exotic leather to use on a softball glove and i asked them where did you come up with the idea they said well women's sports in particular have been neglected for years but men's sports you know you can buy high-end nikes and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So we want to get into supporting the women's sports. So Oklahoma's that's just, a pretty big softball state. Yeah, and it's, so. that's what they said. Yeah. You know, they're like, what a better place to start. Yeah. And they're passionate about softball and baseball. And, you know, they just want to provide yeah. that product. You mentioned exotic leathers. What I mean, what is an exotic leather for people who have no idea like myself? Yeah, well, exotic leather can be anything that's not common, you know, like alligator or snakeskin or stingray. Uh, we sell things like American bison or, or buffalo, as we call it. That to some people would be exotic because they don't have that available sure. in their countries. Um, but, yeah, so exotic leathers are okay. primary. They're a little bit higher in leathers usually because they're not as readily available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, makes sense. Have you guys had any trouble with uh, all the shipping issues and getting stuff in from out of out of country? Have we ever, especially with <laughs> imports from, oh my goodness, I can tell you horror yeah. stories. Yeah, we had placed a large hardware order back in October mm-hmm. to get ready for the Christmas rush, yeah. and it actually came in on New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the suppliers blamed DHL, and DHL yeah. blamed customs, and customs <laughs> blamed the suppliers. Like, I 
just need my stuff I paid for. Yeah, can I row a boat out to it and get <laughs> yeah, it from the middle of the ocean yeah, myself? Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, one of my leather machine uh, companies that we get stuff from said he was paying $1,700 for a container to be shipped from China to California. Yeah prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. now he's paying $18,000 for the oh same gosh. container yeah. and it's taking three times as long to get there doesn't make sense it doesn't it? make sense no. something doesn't add so, up no you're right so That's another good reason to source your stuff locally local. when you can huh? yeah 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 100% yeah. That's, uh, that's that's I mean, in the numbers, that is a fact. Uh, so finishing up then for people listening, um, you know, if people listening are interested in taking a class or they, they want to buy something or make something for a loved one. Yeah. I mean, where do they find that information and, yeah. you know, stuff like that? By all means, they can go to traditionsleathercraft.com. And that's tradition with an S on the end. At the bottom of our homepage, we post our classes, um, usually for the month we're in and the following month and then there's a subscription button at the bottom they can subscribe to find out when the new classes are posted yeah. our phone numbers listed on there you'll probably post that I will up put that in description yeah yeah we're well here six days a week sundays are the only days we're closed they can call the store and talk to myself or glenn as my helper and we'd love to yeah. love to help them get started and some of our classes a lot of our students that come like you said may have never done leather work before mm-hmm. but they just want to make something yeah so shoot we'll break out our own tools and set them out there and let them do that so all they do is pay for the class leave with the finished product and the knowledge of how to do it yeah yeah awesome yeah well Casey I love it uh, thank you for reaching out yeah I mean I really appreciate you you thank wanting you, to come on the podcast to share your story it's an awesome story um, you know a lot of people you know unless you're in the industry you probably wouldn't know of the facility right unless you watched a Facebook video or a TikTok video you wouldn't know so I'm glad that there's going to be people listening now that are more aware of what you do who you are and and the fact that they can sign up for a class and and bring their friends and and, you know even if it's just one class like it's the it's the leather equivalent of you know wine and painting yeah just get to wet your ass tight just come down here and check it out and then who knows you could be you know crafting and making one two 10, 20 items a year just because right. it's fun. So. And I did mean to mention, if there's time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Wednesdays we host a podcast here called Bespoke Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And if there's any Oklahoma artist out there, and it can be anything from a winemaker to a leather worker, yeah. if you're an Oklahoma artist and you'd like to tell your story, we would love to talk to you yeah. and share your story with other Oklahoma artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's just another thing that we do. It's you're. I mean, you're just facilitating really cool things. Yeah, we're hoping to get you on there sometime. We'd love to interview you and find out your story. Yes, it's uh, it's a funny story for sure. (laughs) Uh, But Casey, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Mike. Uh, It's great to meet everybody. Uh, It's awesome to see you know the facility and and um, wish you guys all the best and success for the rest of the year. And I will be back with my parents. Awesome. um, And hopefully we can get them in a class just to show you know show them what can be made and and they can take something away with them. So for people listening, I'll post the description. Uh, I have all the links in the description um, to Traditions Leather Craft and, you know, uh, and the farm as well. Obviously, you know, your wife's products will be in that as well. And we will catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, 
Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.